0: It's the Broadway Hour. I'm Larry Sutton of the New York Daily News. Join me for an inside look at New York's music and theater scene. Tonight, have we got a show for you tonight. founder and artistic director of the National Actors Theatre, not to mention star of their latest production, School for Scandal. Well, Tony Randall will join us here on the longest-running Broadway show on radio. Frank Patterson has a well-deserved reputation as one of the great Irish tenors. He's caught the Broadway bug. You'll hear the results on his new CD, Broadway, right here on WPAT. And Brendan Gill may know more about New York's theatrical history than any writer around today. A former drama critic for The New Yorker, his essay on The Players Club is one of the highlights of this month's Architectural Digest. We'll get Brendan's take on the pulse of Broadway today. Michael Evers, whose uh, celebrity portraits are on display at the Ward Mass Gallery through November 26 will be here. And we've got music, live music. We'll have Kat Cogswell and Michael Morata from the cast of Life Is Not Like the Movies, a new uh, show playing now at Don't Tell Mama. And Samuel D. Cohen and Deborah Rabai of the Freestyle Repertory Theater will be here to tell us all about what that company is about. So join us as we broadcast from the Sheraton New York Hotel and Towers in the heart of the theater district. We've got the latest news of The Great White Way on our Broadway update. Now on with our show, our producer, Kate McGrath, our engineer, Chris Breitfeld, are ready to roll. And first up, as promised, please welcome to our microphones, Tony Randall. Nice. <laughs> Tony himself, encouraging, Yay! encouraging the applause, encouraging the applause. Tony, of course, thank you for being here. The founder, the artistic director, the nurturer, I think, of the uh, National Arts Theatre. National really, Actors Theatre. Yeah, pardon me. I'm yep. sorry. Uh, okay. <laughs> National. Listen,
1: Theater. I, I want to give you a bit of trivia about okay. Broadway. For you know, some people have to them? write in. They write in. They win tickets to a Broadway show if they know some right. trivia. Where on Broadway is there a bird feeder? A Sheridan I'm Hotel. A Sheridan Hotel. No. I don't know. I give up. Look.
0: Oh, the Sheridan Right out, you know, out the right window here.
1: I can't believe my <laughs> eyes. Right on the corner of 53rd and 7th Avenue is a m- little corner garden with a couple of trees. There's a birch tree. And in it is a bird feeder. And several birds right there. And a there. lot of birds. Showing down. Don't they know it's cold weather.
0: <laughs> well, you know, I never knew. The Sheridan, of course, is a wonderful institution, but to think so kindly of the animals. I can get over that. Oh,
2: Look God at that thing. For yeah. it.
0: You know, I'll tell you, if you stare at the radio really close, you'll see some of these birds coming in, and <laughs> they're really doing some People won't believe down me. They'll, they'll, you know what I'm embarrassed about? I sit here every week, and I've been looking out this window, and, of course, I look at the people walking up and down, and I've never noticed the birds in the look bird Look at the are. birds. You're right. You're a very observant man. What can I say? And they're fat. That's why they stay <laughs> Well, say it's they're good they're food here at the Sheridan. Oh, yeah. That's why. <laughs> uh, what an idea. Well, well hey, man, we uh, taped this a little early, but uh, when this goes on the air... It'll be just one night away from the uh, from opening up of School for Scandal, the School for Scandal, which uh, brings the National Actors Theatre back to Broadway. Yeah. And you, of course, being the boss, you get to uh, say uh, who's going to play a
1: nice part, and you picked out a pretty
0: good one for yourself. I picked out the yourself, best huh? part for yeah. myself.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, he's an old fool who falls in love with a young girl. It's very funny. Uh-huh. uh Some people, many people over the years have written of this play as the best comedy ever written in English. It was written a while it ago, opened huh? May 8th, 1778. And I don't think either of us were around for that no, back then, but, but did it get good reviews? <laughs> it was such a hit uh-huh. that people passing on the street outside could hear the laughter in the theater. Hmm. It was a gigantic hit and has been ever since. Yeah. Man, for a play to last that
0: long and be that popular and mm-hmm. still, how, well, what is it, how does it affect the people today? What do you think of the timeless elements of this play that people are going to relate to when they see The School for Scandal? Have you
1: seen this program on television where where they gossip about mm, celebrities what's the name of that every
0: program on television they're gossiping (laughs) these days about celebrities entertainment Uh, oh entertainment
1: tonight yes Uh, yeah something like that that's what this play is about no kidding about gossip Uh about how gossip grows and grows until it can destroy people Mm mm-hmm uh, but it's done in a very funny way. Oh, well, not bad. Now, do you select the plays yourself, or mm-hmm. do you, you do? And how did yeah. you come across this one? I know you, you've loved theater, all you Looking for like a good part theater. for me. <laughs> <laughs> no, my theater is, um, our theater, yes, yes, is dedicated to the classics. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is, by any standard, a classic. It's been translated into every language in the world. It's had enormous influence on the theaters of other countries. For instance, Russia. Hmm. Believe it or not, Sheridan, the great Irish playwright, who wrote this, is a seminal figure in Russian drama because the playwrights of the last century copied this play, mimicked this play so much.
0: No kidding. That's amazing, the the reach and the influence of it. I'm curious about your involvement in the play, too, since you have Beyond Being the Star, one of the stars of the show. You also co-star with uh, Simon Jones, I believe, is in the show as well. Okay. You've got a lot of good names in Oh, the show. yes. Um, but you're also, since you're the boss of the National Actors The yeah. boss is my little term for it there. Do the actors, are they intimidated when you come in? I mean, after all, you, you've so. got hiring firing
1: powers right yeah, there. Yeah, huh? I mean, but I don't think anyone's <laughs> ever been intimidated by me. I'm not that, I'm not that kind of boss. Uh, maybe they intimidate me. I don't know. Uh-huh. This is a co-production with the acting company and with the Great Lakes Theatre Festival, So, we, which is a very fine thing indeed. Mm-hmm. So we just finished playing it in Cleveland, where we did, I would say, box, land, what's the, uh, land, box, office, uh, land, land office, landmark business, landmark, landmark whatever business. it is. You or did or good. We, <laughs> or we would have, if the World Series hadn't been oh, going on no. at the same time. We couldn't get Cleveland too interested in the classics, when uh, <laughs> Oral Hershiser was. busy. Well, it's the first
0: time Cleveland had been in the World Series in, over oh, 50 years,
1: I think, yeah, just yeah. about, huh? well, it Well, you can't imagine what was going on in that town. Yeah. It was so alive, but anywhere you look were signs, Go Tribe, which they pronounce Go (laughs) Tribe. A little Cleveland accent. Go (laughs) Tribe, yeah.
0: Now, did you catch a baseball game while you were out there yourself? Only on TV, only on
1: TV. I see. Because they were playing at night. They were all night games. Mm -hmm. We were playing at night. Right, that's some stiff competition.
0: Well, you surmounted that, and I'll tell you what, if we're going to take a quick break and come back and find out how uh, your game plan here for capturing New York and doing well with uh, the School for Scandal right after this break. And welcome back to our microphones, Tony Randall, the founder. We found
1: another bird feeder. I know.
0: The things we yeah. do on the breaks here at the Sheraton. We looked out the other window behind me here, and we've got more bird feeders. Yeah. We are nominating the Sheraton Hotel for being the most kind-to-animals uh, uh, hostelry, I, I suppose,
1: in, in New York City. <laughs> I love it. That one's empty. No birds around it. Uh, they better they better fill it. I used to put a bird feeder outside my little cottage in California mm-hmm. uh, for mockingbirds. Uh, what am I saying? For Hummingbirds. hummingbirds. Just put sugar water in. Right. And they're smart. When that thing was empty, he'd come up and zzzz right in my face. Yeah, I'm serious. Or he'd look in the window.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: It's empty. He'd be so angry. And he knew I was the guy who filled it. Right. It was a riot to watch them. I hope they didn't follow you out if you left them a no. little low under their sugar no. water there. They're very territorial, fiercely yeah. so. So the hummingbirds that live next door, they couldn't come over and feed and My hummingbirds feed her. He watches, and if one comes near, zoom, he goes after him. Wow. He'll kill him. They're vicious. Yeah, you know, they will you know kill it's each vicious other too. As yeah. long as we're talking birds, blue jays. You ever see a blue jay? Oh, oh, yeah. oh man, I'll tell you, they they push
0: every other bird in, the, in yeah. the area away there. Now, why we're talking about birds, I don't know. But <laughs> <Here> <laughs> what we the are the We're, we're watching, watching the birds we're right watching.
1: out on Seventh Avenue. I can't believe it.
0: <laughs> uh, let's talk a little bit more about the uh, National Actors Theater, which, mm-hmm. was, you know, I went back in the Daily News and I looked up our Tony Randall clip. At the Daily News, we have files on everyone, mm-hmm. so we've got these voluminous files on Tony Randall. And for years and years, you go way back and you find you always said, "I wanted to have my own company." That's and you're right. one of the
1: few people who said something and then turned around and actually did it. Uh, well, it's amazing, yeah. I consider myself uh, an oddity. I think I'm the luckiest man in the world. At my age, to, to have one's dream come true Yeah, and to start a new career, well, we're in our fifth season. Not bad. We it's are. not bad at
0: all. Yeah. And, and, you know, I'll tell you, you've done it. By one, one of the things I've been reading about, and of course I've seen just about every production at your theater. There, you seem to what I like about it, you let the actors sort of have their say. You, you, you the let the actors. National Actors, actors
1: Theater. Well, We're an Actors Theater. I believe the theater is actors. Yeah, yeah. That's what. That's what. That's what it is. Any other movies, no matter how it's they star right? them, it's yeah. the director who yeah. makes the movie. Uh, but out there on stage, just you and the audience. Mm-hmm. That's oh, there's nothing, nothing like else. it. Yeah. Nothing like it, no. Yeah.
0: How do you attract the talent? Uh, do you, do you, when you're socializing, whatever, lean on people and say, look, I got this theater company in New York, yeah. You'd be perfect. Yeah. Do, uh, do you find a good response for the most part?
1: Well, look who's played for me so yeah. far. Um, Martin Sheen, mm-hmm. Michael York, um, Fritz Weaver, uh, Lynn Redgrave, Paxton Whitehead, uh, John Voight, Time Daly, Ethan uh, Hawke. And ain't just Wilson uh, Dixie. Yeah, we've had some pretty good. <laughs> and this season, we've got George C. Scott coming. Now that's what I want to talk to you about the yeah, next production yeah. too. This is some,
0: and in fact, this is an anniversary production that has special meaning
1: for you too. Of, it sure does. Uh, Inherit the it's Wind. Inherit the Wind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's the biggest hit I was ever in on Broadway. This is about thirty years ago, I guess you were. Forty. <laughs> yeah, with Paul Muni and Ed Begley. Right. And uh, it's never been revived on Broadway. Mm -hmm. It's done all over the world, but never on Broadway, for the simple reason that it's too expensive. It has 55 parts. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I mean, today on Broadway, that's unheard of. Even for big musicals, they don't do those numbers. No, nothing like it. But uh, I think we'll get it down to 35. We'll have a... Still humongous. We've just got to do a little bit. That's a... It is. It's... it's
0: So how would you snare George C. Scott? That's what I want to know. How do do you grab a name like that and get him in your play?
1: Just kept going. Kept yeah. calling him up. Uh-huh. Kept calling him up. Persistence. I have I've been after him for since we started, for mm-hmm. five years. And finally broke down his resistance. That's what it amounts to. But from his point of view, uh there is no role like this. Yeah. It's, it's one of the greatest parts ever written. And it was written for George. When you read it and think of George, you see they belong together. Oh, sure, yeah. yeah. I can picture it now. I can't yeah. wait. But first yeah. I'm going to
0: see School for Scandal because we, gotta yeah.
1: <laughs> we have to see you up on the yeah. stage there, too. But um, I'm not going to play my old part in Inherit
0: the I don't the wind. think I will,
1: no. Weren't you a reporter originally in Inherit in the uh, back? It's in based 40 on H.L. HL huh? Mencken. Sure. Who was any age. He was never a young man in his life. Mm-hmm. But I think people think of it, of the reporter as a young guy. So yeah. Maybe I won't play it.
0: What's, Broadway, what's the difference between Broadway 40 years ago and 40 now? What's, what's nicer and what's more difficult?
1: Uh, it's a totally different picture. Yeah, Serious plays are hardly done at all That's true. on Broadway mm-hmm. now. Prices have gone up so high that the average New Yorker has been priced right out of the market. Mm-hmm. He, does, he can't take his family to the theater, dinner in the theater with two, three children, that beyond just, every, mm-hmm. anybody's most people's means. Our prices are very low so that we hope people will come. But what what's happened is that because of these prices, the theater has been turned into strictly tourist entertainment. Mm-hmm. And they don't want serious drama. They so want to see razzmatazz. They want to see cats. So I think we're filling a, a void. Oh, absolutely. But yeah. one of the other differences is that, well, when I first came to New York to be an actor—that's more than 40 years ago. <laughs> uh, Broadway did uh, 200 shows a year. Mm-hmm. It was considered popular entertainment. Yeah. You know, just a regular thing to do after work. Let's go yeah. see a show. Yeah. But imagine 200 shows a year. Wow. Well, now, last season, what do they do? Five. Yeah, perhaps. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. totally different. Yeah. And the biggest show, a real tourist show, but I know it's good, is Victor Victoria. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen it yet, but. I'm such a fan of Julie Andrews, doesn't matter. I certainly love the movie. Yeah. Well, that costs 10 million bucks mm-hmm. to put on. Mm-hmm. And
0: it boils down 10 to... 10
1: million bucks. Some
0: nice singing, you know, all that. 10 million bucks, I don't know where the money goes either. I'm, thinking, I'm scratching now, my head, yeah.
1: They're selling out, but they won't make their investment back for over a year. Well, 40, 50 years ago, a show cost... A big show cost $75,000. You could put on a little show for $10,000. So a producer didn't have to go out and raise money. put his own money in it. John Golden never had a partner in his mm-hmm. life. He, he, he put his own shows on in his own theater, still called the Golden Theater on and 45th. He, you
0: know the difference, too, I think? When you had one man putting on one show, you didn't filter things through committees and such.
1: So you took chances, and, sure. and you got a wider variety, I think. Yeah, but, and but they did. that's why. I remember my first year in New York, there were two Hamlets on. At the same time, Leslie Howard and John Gielgud—pretty good, huh? (laughs) Pretty good, great. Yeah. And to think that New York could sustain an
0: audience for both shows, both Hamlets at the same
1: time—amazing. Well, prices weren't high. Uh, People didn't make the enormous fortunes they make now if they hit. But it was a good business. Oh, absolutely. Well, that business is gone. Yeah. So now it's up to the likes of
0: you, then, to bring back uh, some serious theater, which you're doing, well, I should well, remind you. we're our doing it, with the but school. we
1: operate at a terrible deficit, of course, yeah. but we're a non-profit organization. So I go out and raise money. You got any money on you, Larry? You know, I'm going to give you a few bucks on the <laughs> way out the
2: door. I'll take there. it. <laughs> and I'll take best, anything.
0: I'd encourage our listeners, too, to visit the School for Scandal, buy that ticket, get pay full price don't go over to the half yeah. price wait till you see Mary Lou story.
1: Rosado wait till you see Kate yeah. Forbes we've got some wonderful actors remember the name Kate Forbes alright Kate Forbes who we she's discovered to, by Tony Randall she's going no no <laughs> She, she's from the acting company and mm-hmm. I think the press discovered her last year when they came in she did Desdemona and Othello and Nora in a doll's mm-hmm. house and got Rave notices mm-hmm. she's going to be a big star.
0: All right, so it's a chance to see not only Tony Randall, but a chance to see one of the new stars of Broadway. Yeah, the show is called The School for Scandal. It's at the Lyceum Theatre. Lyceum Theatre, 45th
1: and, and Broadway. Most tomorrow beautiful night. theater in New York. Did you know that? I didn't know it's that. The oldest. Oh. Original wood carving. It's worth coming just to see the just see that The show is yeah. an added
0: bonus. Yeah. <laughs> well, I want to thank Tony for joining us here. And again, encourage our listeners to go out there and see the School for Scandal at the most beautiful theater in New York, the Lyceum Theater. And uh, say hello to Tony. And thank you so much for joining us thank here at Broadway Larry. Hour. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> and we'll be right back
2: after this. Come back.
0: And welcome back to the Broadway Hour here on AM 93 WPAT. And please welcome to our microphones one of the greatest voices we know, a fine Irish tenor by the name of Frank Patterson. Frank, welcome to the show.
4: Pleasure to great see you here. Great to, great to be here. And Frank, be here.
0: Frank is here, of course. He's we, he's been a guest on our show before, but he's got a new project that we're all excited about because it brings him into the world of Broadway and happens yeah. to be called Broadway. So, what is this?
4: Well, it's a it's a complete new break for me because I mean most of my listeners uh, like know me as singing the Irish songs, you know, the the fam- Danny sure. Boy and all Fields wow. of Athenry, all these beautiful Irish songs. Uh, but I've always wanted to do so. I mean, I've done thirty-two albums actually in my wow. career, <laughs> twelve of them classical, you know, Berlioz, yeah. Beethoven. The the classical songs, the big opera, and that. And uh, there was something missing. I'd really for years wanted to do the Broadway songs because I love them, you know. Mm-hmm. Even though now I've never pl- actually played on Broadway. When I play in New York, I play Carnegie Hall or Radio City. Right. Uh, but I've always longed to do something like that. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, and then when I started to sing the songs and even pick the songs for the album, like they were so beautiful. I knew like the Phantom of the Opera, Musical the sure. Night, all these ones. Uh, but then I started to look back into the old days to try and get some of the ones like, say, How Are Things in Glockham or, mm-hmm. or, or, or just go back to some of the old mm-hmm. songs. And, and now, how do you do the you got, do you have these old cast albums at home or do you go ask or like, friends? Yeah, or, or you or know, like I remember my mother and father would sing them in yeah. the house oh. or whatever. But for instance, you know, my old age Lord Mercy, and Jack Robertson, he died there about three years ago. But Jack was always telling me, Frankie said, you should sing this song Once Upon a Time. And I had never heard that song. Okay. And he used to sing it for me in the car yeah. coming home from concerts. And uh, he was a lovely old baritone, you know. Uh-huh. And then uh, eventually when he died, I got when I was going to do the album, I said, I have to put this one in. So I learned it, and it was just a beautiful song from All-American. Like, you know, it's a sound that people don't hear <laughs> sure, nowadays. absolutely, yeah. You know, when I went into Colony to get the music of it, yeah. in fact, when I asked for this song, he said, he said, no one has sung that for 20 years, he said, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Aren't those guys great that work over in that store, though? They have, they've got
0: minds like, oh, they're yeah, amazing. Th- they're they know every song was oh, ever written. Yeah, That's yeah, true. They know every song. Yeah. They're very critical, too. If you, if you order something they don't like, they oh, I'm tell really <laughs> I'm looking forward to their reaction to it
4: now, <laughs> now that I've done it, you know.
0: Uh, by the way, Broadway is, is out on uh, Rigo, Irish Records and Tapes. That's if you're nice. interested in getting a copy, we have a toll-free number here, which we'd be happy to give of, uh, I believe it's 1-800-854-3746. And you can hear Frank sing great songs, as he mentioned, like How Are Things and Glockamora, Sunrise, Sunset, The Impossible Dream. Do You get you, you work so much and you travel so much. Do you get a chance to see uh, the Broadway theater much? Do, uh, I've can been you see to a few shows. shows. See, you well, I went to
4: see Les Mis you uh-huh. know, and, and uh, Phantom, of course. Yeah. I went to the muse when Colin Wilkinson was was in it, you Uh, know. And, of course, in Ireland, like, we we think Colin is just fantastic. He was brilliant. And uh, then I went to see Showboat there recently as well. I I love that. that. I have not seen all the Broadway shows. I remember going to see Henry Fonda one time in a play here. (laughs) I can't even remember the name of the play. But, see, when you're in show business like me, we're we're on the road all the time. That's the thing, Like, last week we were in Chicago, and kind of next week now we're going off to the West Coast. And we're on tour, Eileen and myself, all the time, you know and I've just done this new movie now as well, well that's what I want to ask yeah, you about too with, with, this is uh, one of my favourite directors well, Neil Jordan exci- yeah, yeah. It's, I mean I, I thought like that I was only going to do two movies in my career but again a third <laughs> one came and this time they're going to actually see me singing because, <laughs> you're not uh, just a voice on the soundtrack yeah great. exactly it's this one of Michael Collins a, a great uh, story an Irish story about this wonderful Irish uh, man Michael Collins mm-hmm. who was assassinated back in the 20s and Liam Neeson is playing this wonderful part wow Julia Roberts then is his low like wow. and, and Aidan Quir- a very, very nice guy. I got to know Aidan very well while we were doing them. We were playing uh-huh. golf together and everything like that. You know, so. Uh I sing a song, an old Irish song called Makushla. John McCormack used to sing it in the old days. No kidding. But uh, I think it's going to be a bit of a hit, actually. Oh, I think it's going to you know? be great. You've It'll kept... be out around April, I think. Oh, that'll be super. Yeah. And what is your character again? What, what would you be playing? I'm here? playing the part of an Irish tenor. No, you know, very difficult for me. <laughs> I'm sure you know had have to practice it you know? a lot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I had to well, work on the
0: accent and all for it, you know. <laughs> well, you're doing good. So far, so good. Well, I'll yeah. tell you what, we're going to take a little break right now. When we come back, uh, Frank will tell us about one of the songs on Broadway, his new CD, and we'll hear a selection after this break. And we return here to the Broadway Hour with our guest Frank Patterson who's got a new CD out Mm -hmm. called Broadway in which he sings some of the great songs of of course Broadway but before we get to that just a quick thing I forgot to mention when the Pope was in town our friend the Pope was in town Frank had the
4: honor of uh, singing for him why don't you tell us a little bit about that I sang at the Rosary in in St. Patrick's Cathedral Mm -hmm. I sang the Schubert Ave Maria and I mean it was an an incredibly uh, experience to to stand there in that wonderful place just singing with the Pope there and Cardinal O'Connor the lot it was just an amazing experience that's something you put at the top of the resume I yeah. Think, you know? yeah, I mean, what oh yeah, but, but what a what a summer we've had. I mean, back in Ireland when I was actually doing this Broadway album, uh, I got the call from Jordan Neil, you know, to mm-hmm. to his movie. You know, th- that was thrilling. <laughs> in fact, we were <laughs> over, you see, in uh, in Connemara at a wedding, and I was all set. I'd done the album, and I was all set. Have a few pints of Guinness, relax, you know. <laughs> and the next thing, I was just about to put the pint into my mouth yeah. when uh, the call came to say, "Would I come back to Dublin quick?" They had hired the 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 the, uh, the set, you know, for this in in the Mansion House in Dublin, the Lord Mayor's residence. So I had it for two days, so I had to actually go back record the song and then film it the following day That's one with the main guy, characters Frank as well. out there, yeah. very
0: busy oh, yeah. now let, let's hear we've, we've been talking too much we have to hear this song <laughs> <laughs> I believe you're going to be we're going to be playing uh, How Are Things in Glockamore yeah, why don't you tell us a little bit about
4: the recording well, of this? I well mean, I mean this is a song I remember back when I was a kid in, in school uh, the, the Christian brother at the time he asked me would I, would I sing this song and mm-hmm. I had never heard it before and they taught it to me and imagine it took all these years I won't say how many I'm only 39 <laughs> just now just a few you know, just a few uh, you know, it, it, and at, at last I, I got to sing it. It's a lovely little song, you mm-hmm. know. And very, you'd never hear it nowadays, you know. Oh, but all right, as well, well you can hear it? it if you buy the album uh, Broadway. And again, the number. From is Finian's Rainbow, of course. Uh, oh, yeah. Of
0: course, so one 3746 But enough talking. Let's hear the song. And Frank, thank you for joining us here. Thanks very Broadway much,
4: album. Larry.
3: A cheering world, I hear a breeze, a river shine and breeze. It well may be, it's followed me across the sea. Camara. Is that little brook still leaping there Does it still run down to Donny Cove Through Killy Banks and Kildare How Our Kings in Dla Camara? tree still weeping there does that lassie with the twinkling eye come smiling by and just she walk away sad and dreamy there not to see me there?
0: Welcome back to the Broadway Hour here on WPAT AM 93, and please welcome our next guest, a man who's a great name in the theater, a man who is uh, known as for his drama criticism and more recently known for a uh, uh, an issue of Architectural Digest that's the talk of the Broadway community because it features sort of an inside peek at where all the stars, the backstage people, the uh, customers, uh, you name it if they're working in Broadway and they've got a very nice home, you'll find out about it in Architectural Digest. But Here at our microphone is Brendan Gill. Brendan, welcome to the show. It's nice having you. Thank you. And Brendan wrote two of the essays in Architectural Digest, uh, one giving us a little peek, inside uh, one of your close friends' uh, homes, uh, Isabel Stevenson, who is uh, the boss of the Tonys, I suppose we should call her. <laughs> and, of course, a great essay on the Players Club, too. Did you choose these topics? or these uh, your own uh, choosings?
5: Well, well, we all talked about the various things we could do, and uh, those were two favorites of mine, mm-hmm. so I was allowed to do them. And, and in part because Isabel is an old friend of mine, and uh, she's head, of course, of the American Theatre Wing, and I'm on the board of the American Theatre Wing, and, and we do what we can uh, every year working together, Isabella and another, uh, a small group of us, uh, to spread the good word about theatre through mm-hmm. schools, hospitals, everywhere. And then the Players Club has always been uh, somewhere that, although I'm not a member of the Players Club, and indeed, when I was a drama critic on Broadway, uh, drama critics were not allowed to be members. Well, oh, well, good uh, reason, uh, those natural, scallywags. <laughs> nat- natural <laughs> enemies of, of players. But now they are indeed allowed to be members. Uh-huh. But I happen not to be. Well, now, why do
0: you think that is? I, I know a few of the drama critics myself, and they, they tell me it's because they feel uncomfortable being, not that they don't like the people in the theater, but if you've just given someone a bad review the night before, you don't want to have lunch with them the yes, next day, huh? Th- th-
5: this is the way it is in New York and yeah. in America in general, but it is not the way it is in England or oh. France or anywhere else. And, and it, it grew up, and I think it was a very unfortunate thing. It was in part of a decision by one of our best critics, Walter Kerr, mm-hmm. who didn't believe that he should mingle with uh, the playwright. Hmm. Or the actors that, are, that, that he, that, because he wouldn't be free to speak his mind. Yeah. And point of fact, traditionally, and in England, for example, they all mingle together. They're all engaged in the same enterprise. Everybody wants theater to succeed. Right. So when I became a theater critic for the New Yorker, I was set about making sure that I was friends with these, with the playwrights and actors. And I and and uh, uh, it, it was true that say Edward Orby, if I had to write an unfair or uh, not unfair unfavorable no, well, a critical, a critical, never unfair yes. unfavorable <laughs> review, uh, it was hard for Edward to forgive me for mm. about a year. Yeah. But John Guer, for example, who's a wonderful man. Uh, He's the only playwright I know who, no matter what was said by anybody about his work, he was always sweet and cheerful and generous and smiling, Mm -hmm. and and, uh, that was my idea of how it ought to be. I had a play on Broadway myself once, which is an absolute disaster. <laughs> it died like a dog in the street what after was the three title, days. <laughs> it was called The Day the Money Stopped. Okay. And every, all the signs ought to have been good. It was from a novel of mine, and Maxwell Anderson was uh, uh, helping to adapt it, and Robert Whitehead was the producer, and Harold Klerman, that great man, was the mm-hmm. director. And Joe Milzina, the sainted stage designer, did the set. Everything was perfect except the play. <laughs> the play was a, truly a dog. And, uh, but in any but event, you didn't mind
0: that your fellow critics uh, fellow telling critics you that. My fellow
5: critics had huh? to say so, sure. and, and I, I, I kept on smiling. And in point of fact, one of the things about Broadway and about the theater as a community and as a communal enterprise in which everybody is engaged together in a sort of family. Mm-hmm. Uh, It doesn't make any difference whether you succeed or fail on Broadway. To be on Broadway is enough. Oh, and sure. over the years, those of us who were engaged in this catastrophe now look back on it as something of a minor triumph, because there we were. We had got to Broadway. You've done something millions of we people. We had our now. names in lights. Oh,
1: sure. That, that, what a
0: thrill right there. And, you know, I have to agree with you, too, about getting to know your subjects. As well, you know, at the Daily News, where I work, uh, there are some editors, there are two schools of thought. Some editors say, you know, you really shouldn't get too close to the people you're covering, because uh, your judgment might be clouded. But on the other hand, uh, I tend to believe that the more you know about a person, the better your stories are going to be, because uh, how else are you going to tell the public something they don't know <laughs> unless yeah. you really get close to your and subjects? Also,
5: when things go wrong, if you're not familiar with backstage, if you're not yeah. familiar with what, what can happen, it's a matter of life and death, I think, to know how difficult a project it is to get something mm-hmm. into the theater, even off-Broadway or off-off-Broadway, everything can go wrong just <laughs> at a critical moment. And the thrillingness of a theater, of Broadway and opera, is that it does go wrong, that it does fail. You see, the, the other media are all synthetic. Uh, television, uh, you blip it out, or you, it's perfection. You know, if there's a mistake, you correct it. Right. In a movie, uh, all the mistakes are on the cutting room floor, but not uh, when you're on stage. Mm-hmm. And you can fail, an actor actress can just fail in a moment. Uh, But I think that the audience are are thrilled by the tension that they feel with the performer because of the sense, I want him to succeed, Mm, maybe I want him to fail. There's a tension there always, and that's what makes... legitimate theater, a thrilling enterprise. Oh,
0: true. And but now there, there are a lot of successes which in Architectural Digest this month, you have to see there are a lot of successes because I'm looking at these homes and these Broadway people are doing pretty good. They've got
3: some fairly well, nice places, uh, to
5: Yes, of course uh, there, there are all kinds. What's good about the, this kind of an issue of the Architectural Digest, we mm-hmm. also have young directors who don't really have very much money yet. Yeah. You know, they will have because they're very successful and gifted people. But meanwhile, they're living in lofts or in very small Quarters, some of them, and then the question was in the magazine to see how much inventiveness was mm-hmm. brought to bear. Well, what do you do if you're a young actor or a young director or a young stage designer and, and, and can't afford? Uh, you're not going to be on Fifth Avenue. Some of the people are on Fifth Avenue, but that's not. There aren't many you don't playwrights start out on, on fifth, fifth, Ave. fifth Avenue. Maybe no. lower,
0: lower, lower <laughs> Fifth
5: Avenue, <laughs> south of Washington Square. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, uh, and, and I think that the. Uh, one of the interesting things that developed in the course of putting out this enormous issue—I think it must be the biggest issue of the sure. articles of digest that were—if you lift in its burden, it one, would yeah. hurt. It would hurt. <laughs> uh, was uh, that uh, the cooperation? that the editors of the Digest got from the actors and, mm-hmm. and directors. And they, they said that they had never worked with such nice people as the Broadway people that they dealt with. Well, you know, there I was, find
0: that here on the radio show uh, too, you know, uh, I've uh, interviewed scores so of people. They're so
5: obliging and full of fun and playful and interested in making something work. You know, mm-hmm. they're, they're accustomed to pitching in and saying, let's do it right, whereas in ordinary issues of the Digest, it sometimes happens in some... Poity toity person makes every conceivable difficulty about something which in in a sense they want very much indeed for themselves, but, but but they don't find it easy to cooperate because that hasn't been the way by which they became fat cats.
0: Well, I'll tell our listeners that if you want to see some hoity Toy not hoity Toy people you who learn not hoity-toity, but who are some wonderful uh, Broadway stars, and read some great writing too in the Architectural Digest. People don't think of that, I think, when yeah. they when they see it on the newsstand. Pick up the November issue. You, they've got all your favorite Broadway stars, the backstage people too. You'll see where they live, and you'll read very warm essays about a lot of them, including a great historical essay on the Players Club and a uh, sort of a look at one of his good friends, Isabel Stevenson of the American uh, Theater Wing, um, written by. Our Our guest Brendan Gill. So run out to that newsstand, pick up the Architectural Digest, and write Brendan a note and tell him how much you like his stories. I want to thank you for joining us here on the Broadway Hour. Be here. All right, (laughs) we will come back with more on the Broadway Hour after this. Welcome back to the Broadway Hour. I'd like you to uh, remind you that this is the longest-running Broadway show on the radio. And I'll also tell you, too, that every week we like to give you our pick of the week, the Broadway Hour pick of the week, for something that we've seen that we thought was particularly good and I urge you to go out and see. And our producer, Kate McGrath, just came back from a performance of Masterclass, and she says, if you don't see this, you're nuts. So run out and buy some tickets and go see Masterclass, the Broadway Hour pick of the week. Welcome now to our microphones. Uh, we usually have performers on who are people who are on stage. Now we've got someone who chronicles calls the lives of people on stage. He's a, a tremendous artist. You can see his work at the, um, tell me if I'm pronouncing this right, the Ward Nass, Nassay? Nassay? Nassay. Nassay, that Nassay. was close. close. N-A-S-S-E. Well, Ward Nassay, we'll give you the address. That's more important, 178 Prince Street. His name is Michael Evers. Michael, welcome to the show. <laughs> Michael does great portraits of the people of uh, show business, but particularly people of Broadway. And you brought to the show here a little earlier a, uh, a stunning portrait of Mr. Tony Randall. <laughs> what happened when you showed
6: it to him? He, uh... He loved it. He was. Um, I worked all night on it because, uh-huh. uh, you know, I just figured it was a good chance to get to meet him, sure. and, and I just like the opportunity to. It personalizes the, um, you know, personalizes the pictures mm-hmm. for me, and uh, he loved it. Oh, he, he did. You could tell. Yeah, me. he wrote, "I'd love to bite your neck," <laughs> on it because he thought he looked like Dracula. <laughs>
0: Well, how did you get into this line of work? Uh, your, your portraits are great. And in fact, I, I'm staring at some of them here now. Oh, I'm looking at Liza. I'm looking at Judy. I'm looking right. at. You've got a lot of the great names of uh, of Broadway in your portfolio here.
6: Well, I've been painting for a long time, and about three years ago, I just started to uh, do portraits yeah. to sort of just relax myself. And I figured while I was living in New York, I might as well just get uh, see if I can get people to sign them. Mm-hmm. And I started bringing them around and. I know some people in the business, so I would be at parties with celebrities, and I would bring them up to them. And you know, I've never, I've never had a bad experience. Everyone has been so gracious and and really wonderful. Mm
0: -hmm. How do you work? Do you work from photographs? Do you work from?
6: It's so funny. In my apartment, I have this huge box Mm -hmm. filled with all photos that I've been ripping out for years of people. (laughs) Yeah. And um, a lot of times, like in the Sunday, in the Sunday Times, I will look and I will uh, see, you know, who's coming to Broadway. And I'll look through the box real Mm -hmm. quick, and then I'll take the picture out and I'll paint it, and... uh You know, and that's that's how it
0: works. I'm staring here at some more of your great work. In fact, once again, we always tell our listeners if you stare very, very hard at the uh, at the reception, uh, maybe (laughs) at the speaker, you can see some of these pictures which (laughs) we're holding up to our microphone right now. Uh, Michael Evers, the show that you're at now at the uh, Ward Nassie Gallery, 178 Prince Street. How did that come about? Why did they decide to uh, showcase the works of the character works of Broadway?
6: Well, it, it came about because first of all, my friends got sick of. Walking over all of my paintings in my apartment, <laughs> they were like, "What are you going to do with these?" Because I have about yeah. 40 of them, and uh, I decided to submit my work to this gallery, and they liked it. It's a group, um, it's a group like show of different different portraiture artists, mm-hmm. and um, they picked seven of my paintings, and uh, you know they were really, they they seemed to like them because uh, it, they were different. They were the only ones of Broadway mm-hmm. or movie. Stars that they had. So, uh,
0: who's difficult to do on Broadway? Is there a face there that you look at them and go, ah, I just
6: can't get this person just no, right? I actually haven't. I haven't come across that yet. But, but truthfully, if if I do one, even yeah. if I work on it for a week, if I don't like it, I will. It'll just. Sit in the corner. I won't. I, <laughs> you know. Or oh, it's so funny. Sometimes they'll have like one eye for like a week because I'll be like, no, that eye's not right. I just got to move All it right. over. So my friends come in and like one one day they'll have two eyes. The next day they'll have one eye or no <laughs> nose. <laughs> <laughs> so,
0: uh, um, are, the, are the people that you choose to paint are they based on your own personal preferences? Like, do you? are there certain actors that you love and say this is the these are the people I'm going to do or, or are there people that you don't really like as actors but you go well they're interesting faces maybe it's I'll do both, that both actually
6: yeah. if I do see a picture that I really like mm-hmm. or like um, Sandra Bernhardt I love her face those right. lips yeah. um, you know and she was wonderful when I met her she was just uh, very gracious All And, right. and uh, but usually it's based more on it, it, it is it's a combination of my taste who I like um, Bette Miller, Liza Minnelli um Or just, you know, a crazy face. If I see something that really catches my eye, then I'll say, okay, let me see if I can do this. And... uh Okay,
0: well, I want to remind our listeners, if you want to see perhaps one of those crazy faces, along with some tremendous work, I'm looking at Patty Lapone right here right now, you can see the work of Michael Evers at the Ward-Nassie Gallery. That's 178 Prince Street. Uh, the exhibit will be there through November 26th, so that gives you some time, but uh, hurry on over. Go see uh, Michael Evers' work and tell him you heard him about him here on the Broadway. Michael, thanks for joining us here. Thank it's been you. a pleasure. When we come back, we will be hearing from Kate Codswell and Michael Morata, so stay tuned. As we return to the Broadway Hour, time now for our trivia contest. The winner of this week's contest gets two tickets to a great show and dinner for two right here at the Sheraton. So get those pencils ready. Our question, Tony Roberts is currently co-starring with Julie Andrews and Victor Victoria. Do you remember his last play on Broadway? What's the last time Tony Roberts was on Broadway? Well, if you know the name of that play, you write to us here at the Broadway Hour. Last week, we told you all about Carol Channing, noting that she had uh, opened to rave reviews in Hello, Dolly!, We said that since she starred in the 1964 original production, many other famous women have starred as Dolly, and we asked our listeners to give us the names of at least three of those uh, Dollies. Well, Dina Levin wrote in and said Ethel Merman, Pearl Bailey, and Ginger Rogers. She was absolutely right on the money. So, Dina Levin of Staten Island, congratulations. You win two tickets to a great show and dinner for here at the Sheraton as the Broadway Hour Trivia Contest winner. Well, we'll be right back right after this. And as we return to the Broadway Hour, you'll be glad you stuck around. We've got some great entertainment coming up from you. The show is called Life is Not Like the Movies. You can catch it at Don't Tell Mama down at 343 West 46th Street on Monday nights through December 18th. But you don't want to hear me talk about you like to hear a sample, right? I know you out there. We've got up at our Sheraton microphones, Kate Cogswell at the piano. Lanny Myers uh, coming up also a little later on. Cat, I'm sorry, I said Kate. I looked at that, it said K-A-T and I thought cat, and I said Kate, but it's Cat Coswell and I apologize. I'll get it right That's eventually. Okay. <laughs> and Lanny Myers, I believe I got that right right at the piano. And let's hear uh, a song from a new review called Life is Not Like the Movies.
7: Across the river lies New York, New York Like a fine champagne with a stubborn cork Caviar on someone else's fork What a shame to waste it I long to taste it I go to work there five days a week When the rush hour crowds are at their peak We swing and sway all cheek to cheek And each night what I must do Is take a train and bus to Queens What can you say about Queens? There's a fine choice of fine gasolines Queens hasn't captured my loyalty Queens It is nothing like royalty Queens it's where potholes turn into ravines. Queens, I ask you, what is it? Queens, no one comes here to visit. Queens, it has no personality. Queens, what a dose of reality. Queens, it's where no one begins. their begins. Now Brooklyn has memories of them bums the Bronx has such dramatic slums, in Staten Island the ferry comes, but who beats drums about Queens, still there's the view, you can look at Manhattan from Queens, you get Tuna O'Bratten from Queens leaguers are hardier, to rue it's the way to LaGuardia, but who wants to go to a party in Queens? The island has neat little houses, Westchester neat flannel trousers, Connecticut neat preppy blouses, but what is so neat about Queens? 718? Fate thumbed its nose when it chose to make queens. I hate everyone knows I'm from Queens. Queens, it is not quite suburbia lost between Yonkers and Serbia. Queens, it's more size nines become size eight. One day I'll meet up with a superman who'll sweep me up, up and away to the top of the sixes, the rainbow room, like King Kong with.
0: Now, when was the last time you heard Queens and McGeen run? That was Kat Cogswell singing the uh, music and lyrics of Francesca Blumenthal. The show was called Life is Not Li- the Movies. And now coming up to our microphones, another of the uh, actors that you'll see in this review playing at Don't Tell Mama, 343 West 46th Street through December 18th. Go there Monday night and you'll catch a fellow by the name of Michael Morata who's here at the microphone right now. <laughs>
2: spotlight flares on patent leather shoes, a trombone blares a slinky Gershwin blues. Then one foot flaps, the other taps, the word is debonair, and everybody wants to be a stair. A spotlight and a shiny silver cane, a rhythm like a locomotive train. Then one foot glides, the other slides. He's dancing in midair. And everybody wants to be. confident feeling, he can dance on the ceiling. His gloved magician hands keep the beat, love the way he lands on his feet. A lady in a silver spangled gown appears, and then he really goes to town twist as wrist to wrist they start some grand affair and everybody wants to Apart, The timpani start, the music gets faster and faster. His face is a blur, he whirls around her. It's clear that the guy is a master. When you think that lid's gonna pop, begins to play he takes her hand and they begin to sway with a slow motion spin he reels the girl in with her
0: And if they aren't Fred Astaire, they'd like to be Michael Morata. That was Michael Morata. Lanny Myers at the piano. And thanks to them to Kate Cogswell. And the show is called Life Is Not Like the Movies. Catch it down at Don't Tell Mama Monday nights through December 18th. Now, moving along, I've got a note here. It says... Move along. <laughs> <laughs> so we're moving on. I would like you to welcome to our WPAT microphone Samuel D. Cohen and Deborah. Now make sure I get your name pronounced correctly, Rabbi. That is correct. Hey, I did it. Woo-hoo. No, the one I've worked in newspapers for 20 years, and the reason I prefer that is because you don't have to pronounce anyone's name. You just that's type right. it right out. But I got it right on the first right. on the first try. And they are here from the Freestyle Repertory Theater. And as I explained to uh, Sam and to uh, Deborah a little earlier, basically we're going to ask you the tough questions. What are you guys doing? <laughs> what is the Freestyle Repertory? Deborah.
6: Sure.
8: Freestyle Repertory Theater is mm-hmm. an improvisational theater company. Everything we do is improvised. We mm-hmm. improvise musicals, plays, um, all kinds of theater extravaganzas, mm-hmm. except there are no scripts. So okay. we are working off the top of our heads. So
0: it sounds very difficult. Is yes. that true, Sam? Very kind difficult? of like
9: theatrical skydiving. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Now, where do you do this? Where, where are your headquarters? Where are you located well, at?
9: We're at the John Houseman Theater right now. Mm-hmm. On 42nd Street. Indeed. Mm-hmm. We'll be there until uh, November 19th.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. And how did you get involved in this line of work? Did you sit there and say, "Eh, I'd like to make stuff up? (laughs) How does (laughs) this come about?
8: Well, for me, it started in high school. I Mm -hmm. saw uh, another improv company, and I was so bowled over by their spontaneity and their imagination. I thought, Uh I have to do that. And Uh so I've been doing it for 11 years now. and. So it's you know wonderful for acting, yeah. But now,
0: aren't the New York w- audiences a little tough? I mean, uh, I've seen improv where, you know, people come out and they give sort of suggestions that, well, not typical, you sort of know what's coming. But New Yorkers seem to want to
9: give you that little zinger, that stump shit. Is that oh, true? The more of that, the merrier. <laughs> uh, the hardest thing about New Yorkers is getting them into the theater in the first place. Once they're mm-hmm. there, we can take care of them. Mm-hmm. That's true. Have you ever been stumped? Have they ever got you? Uh, well, it's, it's it like skydiving. It, yeah, <laughs> it is like <laughs> skydiving. And sometimes the yeah. parachute doesn't open, but there's a, a certain thrill in watching somebody plummet to earth and uh, Mm -hmm. become a little puddle on the ground, too.
0: How do you prepare for a a freestyle repertory theater? I mean, it sounds like, I I don't know, you must read everything, and what do you do?
8: We're kind of a jack-of-all-trades. We try to know a little bit about everything, and um, basically, for our company, we actually work on working together as a company, as opposed to being clever or learning funny jokes. Mm -hmm. We learn how to work with one another in a company, and that's how we tighten our skills.
0: I see. Um, Are there certain topics that come up over and over that the audience wants to see the, uh, the repertory <laughs> theater get into.
9: Well, certainly there are um, some suggestions that we Definitely try to uh, uh, keep people away from. <laughs> We've done more scenes in bathrooms than I care to. You know, can, that's
0: the thing. You know, people. You're here for a cultural evening, a night out, and people <laughs> get immediately to right into that bathroom, exactly. right into the gutter there. Uh, so Why? you steer away from that, or at least you try and steer away mm-hmm. from that. Well, yeah, a, yeah. What do you like doing? What, what's caught you by surprise that you said? You know, that was a good suggestion. I could really, you know, riff off on this here.
8: Um, well, I actually heard a story. This didn't happen to me, but mm-hmm. uh, there was a child in our audience, and someone asked for the suggestion of a scene, uh, a place where a scene might start, and he said, under a table. And hmm. to him, that was the most obvious thing. Sure, so hey, only I a couple that inches kind of high. Yeah. Exactly, so that's <laughs> that where they spend a lot of their time. <laughs> so it made sense to me that he would say something like that.
0: I see. Now, how long are you going to be down there at uh, 42nd Street? And again, tell our listeners, it's uh, the John Houseman Theater on 42nd Street. Yes, well, Street. we're
9: midway through our fall season, which yeah. uh, unfortunately ends uh, November 19th. Okay. However, we're going to have a spring season um, running uh, March, March and ap- April. Mm-hmm. March
0: through April. Uh, and, you know, I'm, I'm always curious about, there are so many people in New York, younger people who've got great ideas for theater companies and such. How do, you get, how do you get into the John Houseman Theater, for example? How do you book space? How do you
9: arrange this whole thing? How do, how do you get the season going? That is... That's the hard work. A, that, that is really the hard work. Yeah. Uh, and um, it wound up being a, a bunch of people who love performance having to get uh, good at all the managerial skills as well mm-hmm. to try to pull it all together and to try to get uh, the word out to New York and try to get New York pulled into the theater mm-hmm. as well.
0: that always seemed to me to be the toughest thing about the theater when we go folks like myself we just show up and you're there and you're doing great work but we've realized that it's very, very difficult to get oh. that It's <laughs> yeah. Work yeah. far more on difficult stage.
9: than making up stories, songs, and uh, musicals, oh, as okay. a matter of fact.
0: Uh, now, do you sing as well in the uh, production? Or are you? Yes, yeah. we do.
8: One of the shows we do is called Spontaneous Broadway, mm-hmm. and the creator is Cat Coppet, and it's an improvised musical. It's like a backers' audition where the audience comes in, and they're like the angels for this backers' audition. They give us song titles, we improvise songs, and then they write out checks for which song they would like to produce as the musical, and that's what our second act is, the entire <laughs> musical that they've chosen. I like that idea. It's wonderful, <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. So uh, what do you do during the break? You take a break after the end of November, and uh, do you think up new ideas, or do you go on to other types of acting and other types of
6: work?
8: Well, we have a very active school program. We mm-hmm. do a lot of shows in the New York and New Jersey public schools, so huh. we are constantly improvising in front of children in the hopes of developing them as the new theater audience. Well,
3: that's not and that's uh, Yeah,
8: so we do that, and that's good. And we also develop new shows and work with one another in our rehearsals.
0: Oh, all right. Well, I would like to thank our guests, Sam D. Cohen and Deborah Rabai. I hope I got the name right choice, yes. choice in a the row there. The freestyle repertory theater is at the uh, John Houseman Theater on West 42nd Street Theater Row all those great theaters that are there just uh, a little west of 8th and 9th Avenue Mm -hmm. so go on over and think of some real tough stuff because these guys (laughs) look like they're up to the challenge (laughs) that's
6: right All right, thank
0: you so much for joining us here on the Broadway Hour and I would like to thank all of our guests as we come to a close here on WPAT thanks of course to Tony Randall you know starting tomorrow night you can catch him on Broadway at the Lyceum Theater in the School for Scandal thanks to Frank Patterson his new CD is called Broad Broadway, available on Rigo Records. Thanks to Brendan Gill, he's got two terrific essays in this month's architectural digest. Uh, Broadway portrait artist uh, Michael Evers, his work is on display at the Ward and Gallery, 178 Prince Street. Kat Coswell, Michael Morata are in Life Is Not Like the Movies down at Don't Tell Mama on West 46th Street. And of course, Samuel D. Cohen and Deborah Revive. Catch them in the Freestyle Repertory Theater, John Houseman Theater, West 42nd Street. Well, thanks to our sponsor, the Sheraton New York Hotel and Towers, our executive producer, Kate McGrath, our engineer, Chris Breitbelt, the technicians at Projection Video and Audio, the folks at Sabino Electronics, and our friends at Triton Galleries. My name is Larry Sutton, your host for the Broadway Hour. We'll catch you next week.